The Owners Box would like to encourage you to visit ltnglobal.com to learn more about LTN Global, which is an innovative TV production service that helps racetracks raise their profile, bringing all those tricks of TV that they've learned from other sports into horse racing, something we desperately need. We love the breath of fresh air every now and then. It is a technology and production company that is helping racetracks create and distribute content at a high quality and a low cost. So once again, head over to ltnglobal.com. Welcome to the Owner's Box. Now, here's Billy Koch and Michelle Yu. Welcome to another fun-filled edition of the Owner's Box. I'm Billy Koch, uh, founder and managing partner of Little Red Feather Racing Club. Joining me, as always, is Michelle Yu. If I'm talking fast, it's because we want to get right to the points. This has been a, one of the most interesting weeks in, in that I can remember in horse racing, and obviously it stems from our first uh, of three uh, points of note, and that is that uh, Medina Spirit, the winner of the Kentucky Derby, came back with a positive test for beta-methazone. Am I saying that right, Michelle? Yep, and just want to clarify what that is. It is a legal therapeutic medication. Horses are allowed to be administered this personal, this uh, specific medication, but the allotted amounts on race day should be zero, and his uh, test did come back with 21 picograms. Obviously, there's a big uproar. This could lead to the disqualification of Medina Spirit, but I just want to be clear in the fact that this is not you know, something nefarious on the surface here that is being used. This is something that is allowable, just not on race day. Yeah, and this whole thing is an dis- absolute disaster. It's a black eye for our industry. It's, uh, it's, it's, a, it's, an, it's a mess. Um, so many things have come out since that time, Michelle, and we're not even going to go through the timeline. Baffert went on television, denied any usage. Um, then today it came out that, uh, Medina spirit looked like he had a skin rash and there was, they put, uh, Odamax on it, which has this, uh, in it. And that could be the reason for the overage. Uh, we don't know. And, and listen, Michelle and I, we're both not vets. Michelle is not going to comment on this. I can comment on it. It is troubling. It is troubling that this continually happens to Bob, um, and when, when I'm, I'm not sticking up for Bob in that instance, I'm just saying it's troubling that this just keeps happening. And public perception is so bad right now, not only for Bob, but for the sport, uh, the, the integrity of the sport. Um, and, and I've spoken to many, many people. I was going to do a whole soapbox thing today, but I, I think I've decided against it, Michelle. Um, because you know what? Okay. I don't have the answers and I don't know the truth. Uh, I've gotten to know Bob. Over the last year or so, I've known him for 20 years, but you know, he and I never saw eye to eye before that. I've gotten to know him. Um, I do know, I can say a couple of the things that I know. I know Bob loves his horses. I know he loves his, his, his clients, even though sometimes you know he can, <laughs> he can pick on them. Um, and I know he loves the game. Uh, I know he takes great pride in what he does. And I think if you watch that first television interview from the barn at Churchill Downs, you saw just how emotional he was. And it wasn't the, the Bob we see every morning, you know, standing in the grandstand at Santa Anita. Um, so this affected him greatly. I don't know the truth. I'm not going to sit here and say that, uh, you know, I 100% believe Bob um, because this isn't the first time this has happened. Uh, it happened with Gamine, I think, twice and once was Um 
I don't personally believe it affected the performance of Medina Spirit in the Kentucky Derby. Uh, but at the same time, it was in his system, and it was over the allotted amount, which is not right. Period. End of story. Um, again, it's it's even tough for me to talk about it. I don't know if you can hear it in my voice, but it's just I'm I'm just I'm just so shocked by the whole thing. I'm amazed. I know it just happened on the biggest day that our sport has. And that's what the most, that's what the most disappointing part of it is to me. Um, and that's, that's kind of where I stand, Michelle. Anything I need to add? Okay. So no, I don't think so. The second thing of note is that, um, while Churchill Downs has denied Bob Baffert, the right to enter any horses for the remainder of their meet, there was kind of some question about if the horse, as well as a stablemate concert tour, would be allowed to run in the Preakness. They are going to both be allowed to run. Um, the Stronic Group has come out and uh, issued a response saying that you know they are going to allow these horses to enter. Mm-hmm. That horses were tested upon arrival at Pimlico, and yeah. if any of Baffert's tests horse test positive or above the limit for a medication, they'll automatically be scratched um he is allowed to compete with the conditions of entry along with a binding commitment for full transparency of medical and testing results that will allow for all results to be fully released to the public so we're asking for a lot of transparency there that they are giving um and Which they the, the draw was I, today know, i think i think they did the right thing mm-hmm. i really do I, I commend right. this, I the strong report. And they've report. actually tested. They actually test the horses three times. So they test them upon arrival. They're going to test them in the interim, and they are testing them again uh, before the Preakness with the final results expected by May 14th. Yeah, um, I think the strong group did the right thing. Uh, I think Baffert obviously complied, and um, again, uh, just a shit show. I don't know. I don't know how else to describe it. Um, and it just brings such poor attention to our game that, you know, you and I are so passionate about, as is so many others out there. And anybody who listens to this show, I'm sure, has to have a passion for horse racing. Um, we are horse racing specific. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I just, you know, what someone said to me the other day that I thought was interesting. And I think I just said it, but it's like, I just wish I knew the truth. And I just don't know what the truth is, Michelle. I have talked to several vets and I just don't mm-hmm. know. I've had some that said, hey, that could that's a plausible, uh, you know, the cream or whatever they're using on the skin rash is a is a plausible way for that to get in. But to get it into the bloodstream and and it seems strange. Um, So everything is just a little strange. But anyway, we're moving on. I just keep adding to my non soapbox soapbox. The draw. Okay, and then the third thing of note is the Preakness is coming up this weekend and the draw has happened. I'm going to give you a quick rundown of the 10 horses that will be going postward. Uh, Ram is the first one for Dwayne Lucas, broke his maiden for 50000 She starts back. Keep me in mind, who was, I believe, seventh in the Kentucky Derby. With a rough um, trip. Medina Spirit did with a rough trip, yep. Uh, and actually, our guest today is one of the co-owners of Keep Me In Mind. There you go. Can't so that's cool. Talk, can't wait uh, to Medina talk to Spirit this guy. did draw the... Did draw the third hole. Crowded trade in the four. Midnight bourbon in the five. Rombauer will draw the six. Remember, he got that automatic berth by winning the El Camino Real Derby. France Godina, who is the Japanese contingent next. And then unbridled honor for Todd Pletcher in the eight. Risk taking in the nine. And concert tour will be all the way on the outside, which will 
really give him a great advantage and allow him maybe to dictate some terms. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting. I mean, Medina Spirit and Constitutor will battle for favoritism, and they're both trained by Bob Baffert, which is going to be just mm-hmm. an interesting, interesting day. It will be wild. I wonder who people are rooting for, Michelle. Do you think they're rooting for Medina Spirit just for the Can horse now? Say, yeah. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. But I actually had Bob in studio this week and we were talking about the, the Preakness and what the plan was going to be. And I said, he needs to be on the lead. And Bob's like, he's not. The concert tour is so much faster. Like, And I'm concerned. So I actually ended up putting concert tour on top of Medina Spirit because I just think he's going to get that better trip now breaking from the outside. Although if Medina Spirit goes, he can... Put, I just don't think he wants to catch anybody. I don't yeah. know. I might switch those two around. I'm, I'm so torn now because they both have the same running style. Yeah, they do. It'll be interesting and, and uh, you know, this is coming up on Saturday. I'm sure there'll be plenty of national attention and uh, local attention on the Preakness and let's hope it everything is positive and even though they're going to be talking about Baffert the whole time. He, Baffert will not be there, by the way. He doesn't want to have cause a distraction, he said, and he will stay in California. Uh, Jimmy Barnes is on the scene for the Baffert crew at the Preakness. And, um, yeah, it'll be interesting. I think Midnight Bourbon is an interesting horse on the rebound. Um, Chad Brown sends two crowded trade and risk-taking. They are 10-1 to 1 and 15-1, to 1 respectively, with Castellano and Jose Ortiz. Uh, interesting that I read Ortiz ended up on Rombau, I mean on uh, Midnight Bourbon, and uh, Flavian Pratt, who had such a great weekend at the Derby and really, I think, is starting to get known nationally uh, will ride Rombauer. So interesting, interesting race. And we're going to talk about the race coming up uh, uh, right after this with Mark Toothaker, who's a longtime friend of mine, who uh, is going to join the show. So what do you think about that, Michelle? Exciting. I guess I, I, I had to throw unbridled honor in my top four because Todd Fletcher is winning everything. He's pretty good. He should be in the Hall of Fame. He's crazy good. <laughs> I think he was just inducted. Oh, really? Is that how we're going to talk now? (laughs) All right, we'll be right back. Just call Mark. All right. I'm here with Travis White from TaylorMade Stallions. And Travis, what an exciting time for TaylorMade sales. Oh, things are going really good right now, Billy. Uh, Midnight Storm wrapped up a great sale down at OBS. Uh, Not this time, just continues to uh, produce runners uh, week after week. Uh, And the sales, he still continues to do very well. And M. Shawash is represented by his first starter in the Kentucky Derby this year. Travis, we still have time to get your mares booked. Who do they call? You can call me anytime. My cell phone number is 859-396-3508. Or feel free to email me at twhite at taylormadestallions.com. Exciting times ahead for all the TaylorMade Stallions. Back in the owner's box, a very, very special guest and an old friend of mine, Mark Toothaker, is joining us. He heads up the stallion division at Spendthrift farm and uh they have keep me in mind going in the preakness stakes this saturday mark welcome to the show thanks for coming on billy hey thanks so much for having me i'm excited to join you all yeah you know we go way back because michelle just so you know toothaker is very good friends with tom mccrocklin who's one of my very very good friends is that that must have been how we met like what 15 years ago well, it was, you know, and then I had, uh, I actually was there when, uh, when Singletary won down at Lone Star. I actually was in the win picture with you. You guys were crazy that day. That was, was a fun. That was a fun day. Can we do that again? No, it was. 
Yeah, no, let's do it. So, yeah, no, Tom and I went to college together. How crazy you guys were. We were crazy. Well, here's the thing. We were young. We didn't know anything. I mean, I know so much more now than I did then. I didn't know what I was doing. I mean, I still kind of don't know what I'm doing. But so, Tom, you and Tom went to college. So, that was LSU. Uh, Well, it's actually Louisiana Tech. Now, Tom graduated from LSU, went to work, and then decided he wanted to come back and get a animal to science degree because he had an accounting degree and uh so he came back and uh went to louisiana tech and that's where i met him but how but you're mr arkansas fan oh i'm diehard razorback fan no doubt but uh no no question i grew up not far from university and my dad diehard razorback fan my brother went there and you know, we grew up going to games and everything on that line, but you know they didn't have the uh, racetrack management program Louisiana Tech had back in the day, so that's why I opted for uh, for La Tech. <laughs> so let let's talk about that. So you go to the racetrack management program, and then what is the process of you getting from there to running the Stallion Division, which is one of the most important divisions around it? Obviously, it's Spendthrift with all the stallions you stand. Um, how does how does how, what was the journey? A miracle. I'm the I'm, uh, I'm the forest. I've been the forest Gump of the horse racing business. I mean, Billy, you can't even make it up. I mean, how I got there, uh, it was a million to one. I mean, how I ever met Wayne Hughes. I mean, I, I'm Tom McCrocklin. Uh, I was I I left college, went to work for Joe Canny. Joe goes through a divorce. The next thing you know, he's quit training. I go to work for Wayne Lucas. Uh, that's where I met. You know, Jeff and Randy Bradshaw and, and Dallas Stewart and all those guys. And I'm I'm on my second year working for them when Tom uh, finishes his degree down there and gets hired to uh, run a private stable uh, for a guy named Charlie Matsis up in uh, Boston. And he called me and said, hey, I'd like for you to come up here and be my right-hand man. And, you know, the next thing you know, I'm, I'm leaving Arlington Park and headed to uh, uh, Rockingham. And, uh, you know, it's just a wild tangled web, you know, from the racetrack to uh, uh, off the track for a while. And then, you know, I got back into it, had a little farm. My wife and I in Arkansas stood a few stallions and met a guy named Alan Poindexter who hit us up about coming to Kentucky and buying a farm. If, if he bought the farm, would we come run it? You know, that gets us into Kentucky. And I had a call from Des Dempsey that was working at Spencer at the time. And he said, you know, there's been a new guy by Spencer named Wayne Hughes and he doesn't want to board any horses. And so we've got a bunch of boarders, you know, would you want to take some of these uh, client horses and, and board them? And I'm like, yeah, oh, great. Wow. And yeah. so uh, that got me in the door. And then I went out and when Wayne bought the farm and introduced myself and told him, you know, I would love to, uh, sell some horses for him at the sale i said you know i'm not tailor-made but i'd love to do some stuff with you wayne and he he said do you are you involved with any stallion farms and i said no and he said okay he said well you're what i'm looking for he said i'll make a deal with you right now he said you send me mares to my stallions and i'm getting ready to start building a stallion roster and i'll make you this deal i'll give you horses to sell but if you quit sending me mares I'm going to quit sending you horses to sell. Do we got a deal? deal. <laughs> Seems pretty simple. And, and that's how it went. I mean, that, that literally got my door in, put in the door with him. And uh, as he started building his uh, roster, he approached me and 
as I've told people, he made a deal that my wife wouldn't refuse. Uh, he just, you know, she said, what, you know, you're going to get, you're going to get insurance and you're going to get a 401k and you're going to get a paycheck every two weeks. Yeah, no, we're doing that. You're going to take that job. Yeah. That's amazing. And so, uh, you know, my wife, my wife was very, uh, very excited about it. And so here we are. Yeah, you you sound excited about it too, Mark Toothaker joining us no, on the. I'm uh, very very excited. You always are. You're the you're. You, the, listen, Michelle. Just so you know, the, this guy has the best reputation. Everybody loves him, and uh, you know he, we had Costa Hironis on the other day, who also has an incredible reputation, and and Mark's the same way. And I know Michelle, you're interested in asking Mark a question. Go ahead. Yeah, Mark, I want to know, first of all, I want to know, like, what is your job? Like, what does the stallion sales manager do? Because looking at your stallion roster, I mean, you don't have to go out and hustle and beg to get people to send mares over here. Well, that's Michelle, it's right on about half of them. You know, it's it's so funny, you know, the, <laughs> the, uh, the breeders in Kentucky are so astute. You know, they, you know, you get horses that are on bubble years or maybe they're not having the best of time. I mean, those are the ones you've really got to hustle in. And, uh, and it is true. You know, I mean, we're not having to go out and beg people to breed the end of mischief or authentic. I mean, they're, uh, you know, they're lined up. It's just, you know, trying to figure out, you know, who fills the slots, but no, it, look, it, I, I, I have an absolute dream job. Uh, Mr. Hughes, Patty, Eric and Tammy, you know, they've just been unbelievable. Ned and Katie, uh, to me, I mean, I get a chance to, you know, deal with all these breeders. I mean, uh, today I'm out looking at foals this morning. I'm in the office, you know, trying to put out a few fires, uh, trying to get mm-hmm. some more uh, late season mares here, you know, into our stallions. And, uh, you know, Friday get to go up and, you know, go to the races, go to the sale out at Timonium. And, you know, I just shake a lot of hands, kiss a lot of babies and uh, <laughs> uh, get a chance to, you know, spend a lot of time uh, dealing with people. And that's that's what I love to do. I love I love dealing with people. Yeah, it's well. He's very good at it too. I'm just looking at the stallions at Spendthrift. I pulled it it's up. It's crazy. And it's really crazy, and there's so many, and they're all so good, and they're 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 so. Is there? I have a question. Is there a stallion? Let's forget about Into Mischief. Forget about Authentic. Forget about Malibu Moon. Is there a stallion mark that you think is kind of under the radar? He can kind of be new. He could maybe be someone. Uh, I'm looking at like a like a Brody's cause Golden or or a, or a Lord Nelson. Is it who's your kind of sleeper pick at Spendthrift that you think is going to end up being really big? Well, I mean, gold. You know, I'll just start with Golden Sense and the fact that all he needs yeah. is a Grade One winner. I mean, he. He was a little bit unlucky with Mr. Money. Uh, there was some times on that horse that it was just they zigged when they should have zagged. And, uh, you know, he very easily could have been a grade one winner. It, it just – it was, you know, just one of those things. It just didn't work out. But he certainly was a grade one talent. And by my standards, you know, certainly oh, has a chance to do that. My favorite. Uh, my you favorite know, this horses. year. And he's just been such a solid stallion. And he gets runners and they run – you know, they run short, they run long, they, he gets some runners on the grass as well. And, you know, he's just a very cool stallion. And it was so fun along the ride, you know, with uh, with Doug and those guys. And I'll tell you an inside story on this horse. It's a very, very funny deal that you, all you can do is just kind of laugh at yourself. But we made an offer after the Preakness on Golden Sense to get him bought. And uh, he had, you know, he just – hadn't hit her any good in the Derby. And then, you know, he comes back, runs fourth in the Preakness. So anyway, we try to get a deal done. We make a deal and we basically have a deal put together. 
Well, anytime these things are staying in training, you know, they, you got to vet them, you know, just to make sure, sure everything is, you know, you're not buying something that's going to go the wrong way. So anyway, we, we wind up doing this deal and we have the horse vetted. And the next thing you know, we get a call from our vet and says, listen, you know, you guys, you guys can't move forward on this deal unless they are willing to retire the horse. And we're like, what? Oh God. And they said, well, like he's got all kinds of stuff on his vet report, like all kinds of stuff. So anyway, I, I called Dennis up and, and I'm like, Dennis, you know, we're interested in doing the deal, but you know, the, the horses, the horses <laughs> just got so much stuff going on. You know, we just feel like it needs to, would need to be retired. And, and Dennis without missing a beat, he said, have you looked at his past performances? Have you looked at his, <laughs> at his work chart? This horse, this horse had never missed a race. He's yeah. never missed a work. I mean, he may have some stuff on his vet report, but he doesn't have anything that's going to keep him from running because he hasn't. And so we, right. we wind up passing on the deal. And the next thing you know, you know, he wins the Breeders' Cup mile. We go back and make the same deal but for a lot more money yep. and buy the same set of x-rays and all of that. And so we, amazing. we cost ourselves a little money, not knowing, you know, not, not just going and doing the deal, but you know, you never know. You know, that's why you pay vets. And, uh, but we will still wind up with him and, you know, he's such a cool horse and he's a great breeder. He can breed big books of mares and he just gets a very durable horse. And, you know, so my hope is that, you know, is that he can get that grade one winner and kind of take him to the next level. That makes a lot of sense. Michelle. Mark, I know we want to definitely get to the Preakness and everything, but I had just a couple more questions. First is, how do you pick which horses you guys go after to stand at stud? Because some farms will just have, you know, one, two, three horses. I mean, you guys have like 24 or 25 stallions. That's a lot, and it encompasses a lot of horses, and there's no, like, set type that I can see, except that they're all very handsome. <laughs> well, I mean, that's uh, – uh, you know, as we started building this roster, Michelle, I mean, Wayne just, you know, he really wanted to be aggressive, you know, and his, his whole thing is, you know, when I when first took over and, and started doing the stallion division, you know, he basically took a dollar out of his pocket and said, you know, this is what you've got to learn working for me is, is don't lose my dollar. And, <laughs> and what he meant by that is, is that he didn't mind us doing deals. Uh, in fact, he encouraged us to do deals. He just wanted it to make sense on paper that we weren't going to lose his money. That right. if we came to him and said, listen, we want to buy this horse. Okay. All right. Well, how do you want What do you think it's worth? What do mm -hmm. you think that you can stand the horse for? And as long as you can put it on paper and say, this is where we're at. We think the horse is going to stand for $15,000 uh, is where we're at right now. But, you know, we got to put some kickers in here on the deal. But if he, you know, would win another grade one or, or win the Breeders' Cup, then we think he stands for $30,000. Well, as long as mm -hmm. your kickers and everything makes sense where you're not losing his dollar, Wayne's very aggressive to go get the deal done. He wants to put pressure on the other farms. Uh, he wants us to, you know, go out there and land as many of them as we can. He just wants us to make sure that, you know, the, on the money end of it, that it makes sense. And if it does, and, you know, he says, go for it and, He's got a lot of confidence uh, in, in my sales team. You know, it, it, you know, in the beginning, you know, he's back watching, seeing what you do. And, and then when we have delivered uh, year after year after year and, and uh, have built our numbers and bred more mares and taken more market share away from the other farms in Kentucky, you know, his confidence level 
you know, has been very, very uh, through the roof. And, you know, now it gives us a, a much bigger green light to, to, to knowing that we're going to go out there and, and uh, get the mayors if he commits his money to the stallion. Watching the building of the stallions, what has it been like to be a part of the rise of Into Mischief? Well, it's been unbelievable. You know, he was he was there before I started uh, at Spencer, but I was selling horses for Mr. Hughes and promoting his stallions, even though I wasn't full time in the office at that point. So I've been there to see the whole ride, and and it's been amazing because. You know, I, I I bought a filly uh, before I was working there uh, from his first crop. I was selling some horses for him, taking them to the Texas sale. Uh, they had a horse named My Pal Charlie down in Louisiana. They were standing, and so they, they supported him with some mares. Well, they sent about 10 mares to Louisiana to foal down there, and most of the 10 were in foal to end the mischief because he was not a horse that, you know, had any fanfare or anything in Kentucky. So, you know, those were – lower end mares for Spencer. They go down to foal in Louisiana and then the in the mischiefs are Louisiana breads because they breed back to my pal Charlie. Well, made for a lot of Louisiana breads down there. Uh, I was going to sell eight of them at the basic tip to Texas sale. I uh, went out to see them. Uh, Ned showed them all to me. He showed me seven of them and he said, listen, I've got one that uh, the front end's got away from us a little bit. We're going to just, uh, we got to figure out something with her. And I said, what do you care if I look at her? Well, he brought her out and like my heart skipped a beat because she had such a hip on her and was such a gorgeous feeling. (laughs) He said, just relax. He said, watch her walk first. And so anyway, she was real offset in her right knee. And, and I said, well, do you want to sell her? And he said, well, yeah. And so we, we worked out a little deal for three grand and I went and got my trailer and I took her straight to Haggard and put a screw in her knee. And, uh, Left, you know, it was kind of late time to be putting it in. It was June. Uh, Dr. Spiro said, you're going to have to leave it in there a while. You know, I, Ned said, you can't sell her at the Texas sale. You're going to have to put her in another sale. So I put her in another Louisiana sale down in West Monroe. And I took her down there and we just took the screw out right in front of the sale, had a little reaction on the knee and everybody was kind of him hauling around. I was trying to get my great friend, Jake Malone to buy her. And, <laughs> and I was hustling all these guys down there and everybody was a little scared, but Brett Brinkman bought her for Dale Ladner for 30,000. Didn't make a whole lot on the deal, but made a little bit. And that Philly from his first crop went on and made 800,000 names sitting at the bar. Wow. Oh and my gosh. So she was a lot of fun. And so, the very next year, I took some horses down to Louisiana, and they had just had a hurricane come through about four days before the sale, and so everything was just wet. It was so humid down there, so hot. I'm just soaking wet. Just got done showing these horses, <laughs> and I had a into mischief. I was selling for them down there uh, for Spencer. Then I'm walking in the hotel because they had a party that night, a little crawfish bowl and all that at the sales company. So I'm in the, walking in the hotel, and I get a call, Jack Sisterson. Mark, did you just see our horse run at Del Mar? I'm like, Jack, I've been showing horses in like 150 degrees of humidity out here. No. I said, what happened? He said, oh, we just run this horse at Del Mar, golden scent. And he almost <laughs> broke the track record first time out. He goes, I think you oh, might be okay. <laughs> and I said, Jack, you got to be kidding me. He said, no, no, I'm telling you. So I called Ned up and I said, Ned, listen, I'm selling an end of mischief for you down there. And, uh, and I said, you want to do anything different? No, no, just that, those horses sell them. So 
So, okay. So get a hold of Clyde Taylor, a buddy of mine that I've done a lot of stuff with, and Al Pike. And I'm like, listen, they got this intermission. They just want to sell them. I don't know if this thing will run or not. He's going to make a sire or not, but we ought to take a shot on him and just see because they just want to, you know, they want to sell him. So Ned says, don't put a reserve on him. Just get him going. So $8,000 later, Clyde signs the ticket. Uh, we send the horse to Al. Al calls me up, and he goes, hey, little buddy, let me ask you something. Have, have you seen this horse? <laughs> and I said, yeah. No, I've seen it. I said, I've been down there with it for three days in Louisiana. He said, well, this thing can nurse the yearlings that I've bought at the sale. You realize that? He could walk under the belly of all of them. And I said, I know, he's not real big, but he's an end of mischief. And, you know, this one just won out there. And he goes, well, what are we going to do with it? And I said, well, just break it, and let's see if the thing's any good. And so he goes, okay. And so he calls me back after the first year, and he said, let me tell you something. He said, I told all them boys at the barn – Y'all better go to rubbing on this little son bitch because he's better than anything else that we got. <laughs> so we took him nice. to Maryland, not as big as a minute. He had a shin poking out, works like 10 and 2 up there at Timonium. He gets Mike Maker to buy the horse, and that turns out to be Vickers in trouble. Million two from $8,000 year old, $80,000 two year old. Amazing. He a million two. He wins the Super Derby, wins the Louisiana Derby. Runs in the Kentucky Derby, and he wasn't big as a minute, but he could really run. Size does not matter. This is literally the story of how Indian Mischief almost became a Louisiana Stallion. (laughs) Right. Yeah, I mean, and there's still people that say, you know, we have people that say, well, I remember when that horse started in Louisiana. Well, no, he didn't, but a bunch of his his progeny from his first and second crop all started in Louisiana and got him a lot of Louisiana bred stakes winners which gave us enough momentum to keep people you know actually breeding to the horse until you know he could get to the races and then uh and then he took care of himself at that point i'm staring at the website as i mentioned michelle and mark and I'm, well i'm looking at the picture of into mischief and right next to him is authentic and it's like i mean it is like a father son i mean they look exactly alike oh yeah it's crazy the marking is almost it's eerily similar wow I mean, it's authentic, such a cool horse. Go ahead, Mark. Yeah, they have. I mean, it's just, you know, that was an amazing ride. I mean, no doubt. I mean, that was a life changer for all of us because that's your dream of your whole life of just being out there and in that special winter circle that's not the normal winter circle at Churchill. And, and, you know, we didn't, you know, we obviously we, we bought the horse after he was a made horse, but uh, it was, you know, what a ride. I mean, unbelievable. That horse was just. We needed that for Wayne. I mean, that's everything he's done for the sport and for the game. And I I was, I was so happy for him and, and his family. And I know, no, Eric's doing a great job stepping in and, and Tammy and just the whole family's a great, great family. And what he's done for the game is, is, is really, really amazing. Um, Wait, wait. Wait, go ahead, Mark. No, I was just going to say, you know, Wayne is, it literally was Wayne. Wayne did the deal. Uh, I, I, Tom Ryan called Ned and said, we're going to look at offers. So if you guys want to participate, you need to do an offer. And so we all got together and we worked the numbers out. And Tom Ryan said, it's, it's only a breeding right deal. We're not selling any of the racing rights. It's only a breeding right deal. You know, get it to us by Friday. So Ned, Eric, Des, myself, we all 
hashed out this offer, put kickers in it, and did everything, and and took the took I took the offer over to Wayne's house, and uh, I sat down with him and started going over it, and and he goes, you know what you brought me, and I said no, and he goes, you brought me everybody else's offer, <laughs> and I said, well, no, I mean it makes sense, and he goes, I want to buy the horse, and I said, Wayne, they're not selling the horse. They are only selling the breeding rights. And he said, do you think I care what they think? I'm telling <laughs> so you right weird. now, you're telling me that you all are telling me that you think this horse can win the Kentucky Derby. That's what you all are telling me. Yes, sir. Then I want to buy the horse. Why wouldn't we buy the horse? I want to buy the horse. And I said, they've said they don't want to do that. And he said, I don't care what they said. <laughs> I'm changing the offer and we're going to buy this horse. And he marked the mark. Of course, anybody can look at it now and see because it was public knowledge with the SEC with my racehorse. But, sure. you know, he changed our offer to, you know, from where we were trying to just buy the breeding rights. The next thing you know, we're calling these guys and telling them, hey, we're going to give you $15 million for authentic. And uh, it took took them all of about five minutes to agree. Yeah. Say, yeah, we got a deal. Good. Y'all got a horse. Yeah. And uh, But that was totally Wayne because we were not – we didn't have that deal. That was not what we came up with. That was totally Wayne Hughes. And so for all of that to wow. work out the way it did, that's Wayne Hughes just taking the bull by the horns and, and getting a deal done like he knows how to do. And he does know how to do that for sure. Let's talk about keep me in mind. How did that deal come down? I'm sorry, Michelle. Did... No, you're fine. Go ahead. Okay. Well, you know, so last year there was a, a lot of tax benefits and there was things, you know, going on that now, you know, aren't available. Uh, you know, that last year there was a lot of ways of being able to take advantage of some stuff and, and that, that went away. And, and so last year, you know, we were, we were aggressive, uh, you know, wasn't any secret, you know, we were aggressive at the, at all the sales and, you know, Eric and Tammy, you know, made the decision to take advantage of, of uh of that last year and we bought a bunch of brood mares and uh you know monomoy girl and and uh got stormy and and just on and on i mean uh just a fantastic group of mares we we put together well as as we neared the end of the year uh eric called and he said listen he goes time's running out is there anything else out there on the radar that we should buy and we said, well, the only horse out there is this horse, keep me in mind, uh, that we have right now on the radar. And he goes, well, tell me about him. I said, well, he's a horse that, you know, ran a huge race in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile. Uh, and then, you know, he just came back and, you know, won the stake at Churchill. And so, you know, he's an interesting horse. And so Eric said, well, we're running out of time. So if we're going to do a deal on something, we ought to try to get something done. And uh, got in touch with uh, – with uh cody autry because i had no idea who cypress creek was this horse was running under cypress creek's name and i had no clue who it was but i knew that cody would know and so i called cody up and i said cody i said i've never even heard of this cypress creek who in the world are these people and he just laughed he said that's mike moreno <laughs> and i said southern equine and he goes yep yeah he has ended his relationship with his former trainer and right. he is, uh, he's changed the name. So the name is no longer Southern equine. It's Cypress Creek. And I'm like, you're kidding. 
And so he goes, no, 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 that's the deal. And uh, so sure enough, uh, uh, that's who it was. And Mike came in town and Cody came in town and we had a great visit, sat down in the conference room and, and worked out a deal. And, and, you know, it's been one of those things since we've had, we've had some, some not great luck. Um, you know, we were trying to decide whether to go to the risen star or whether to run in the Southwest. And, and then you have this ice storm and snowstorm comes in, shuts the track down for 12 or 13 days at Oakland. Well, in hindsight, we should have went to the risen star, but you know, we didn't. And, uh, and so then, you know, you, you, you decide, well, we're just going to run in the rebel. And so, you know, you go in the rebel, uh, for whatever reason, he just didn't pick his feet up that day. Uh, then you get kind of in chase mode and, uh, you know, you're trying to decide, well, do we wait on the Arkansas Derby? Well, is there going to be any speed in there? You know, he, he ran such a big number at Keeneland and the bluegrass. Should we go there? Well, he ran a good number there. Why don't we go? Well, then you get a race with no pace in it. And so we took the horse out of his game. You know, we, we told David to, you know, try to lay close. You know, the horse likes to just lay back and make one run. We had him, you know, laying up in third down the backside and trying to hustle him along. And, you know, he just didn't finish. And, uh, you know, we kind of back into the Kentucky Derby. and and But he took a step forward. You know, he kind of had a troubled trip. He got swung way wide coming in the stretch. And he, uh, you know, he ran, you know, ran his best race of the year and looks like he's moving forward. Uh, we had talked about, you know, waiting and going in the Belmont, but, you know, that's not really a race for closures. You, you need to be able to press the pace or be on the lead. Closures normally don't fare real well in the Belmont. So, you know, we felt like there was going to be some speed, it looked like, in the in the Freakness and, you know, not going to be a big field. Uh, you know, take a shot and see if we can, uh, you know, leave there, take hold, uh, save some ground, and, you know, hopefully come running in the stretch and, uh, and run them down. Wait, you told me in a text message earlier you, the quote was, we're winning. Is that was that? I think we're going to. <laughs> oh, you no, think I mean, you do I'm think confident. we're going to win? I, okay. I, no, I think we're going to win. I, I think absolutely. Bet your money. Saturday, the horse is doing great. Horses coming out of the Derby are the ones that fare well in the Preakness. Time in, That's time true. out. There's only been a couple of horses that Very true. have not. Very true. We're one of three coming out of that race. Uh, Midnight Bourbon beat us a nose. I know he had a troubled trip. We had a troubled trip. We were basically mm-hmm. a nose apart. Yep. You know, in the Derby and. We'll see what happens with Medina Spirit. I mean, I think Concert Tour is going to leave their running. I think Midnight Bourbon's going to be forward placed. You know, Medina Spirit's going to be right there. Uh, these new shooters, you know, there's liable to be one or two of them pressing. And, and uh, I think we're going to run them down. I think we're going to win the Preakness. There we go. From the from straight right from Mark Toothaker. Mark about the karma for coming on this show. There is good karma, Mark, for people who come on this show, I have to say. But we didn't do – well, we did okay in the Derby because – we had Hot Rod Charlie came on the show with Hot Rod uh, Charlie, and we had and Godolphin. Godolphin ran and, fourth, uh, so we had pretty good. Um, Michelle, I know you have one kind of important kind of question slash statement for Mark with Spencer. I do. I just have one more thing. You know, the, obviously, um, the people that listen to our show are not generally quarter horse people, but I am a quarter horse person uh, a little bit because of my husband and. You guys are breeding mares to quarter horse mares to your stallions via AI. What went into that decision? It's crazy to have literally the most important thoroughbred in the world right now, I feel like, be available to quarter horses. Well, it, Michelle, that was kind of a crazy deal. So 
Bill Halibrot, Bill and Korean, you know, they have just been so great for racing. They're the nicest folks. And, uh, you know, we've had a great relationship with them. We bought Cinco Charlie off of them. You know, then we come back and buy Matoli off of them. And so Bill just approached us and he said, listen, I literally, my phone is just full of my old quarter horse friends that are in the running quarter horse business that want to breed the Matoli. You know, would you guys consider, you know, doing something like that? And I said, well, you know, Bill, we, we talked one time about doing that with Lord Nelson, but then, you know, he foundered. And, um, and we were just afraid to stress him anymore, but we did talk about it one time about doing that. And, uh, and he said, well, why don't you bring it up to the boss and see if Wayne would be interested because we'd like to breed some quarter mares to Matoli. So he said, all right. I said, let me see what we can do. So I, I brought it up and they said, well, listen, we don't want to mess with it, but you need to get with somebody that knows that side of the business. So. I went down to Louisiana, down to the thoroughbred cell down there, and Jake Malone, you know, one of my great friends, I said, Jake, listen, you know all these quarter horse guys. I mean, you grew up doing the quarter horse stuff. I said, who's down here? And he said, oh, dude, the Roba Shows. Tooth, you need to just talk to the Roba Shows. And uh, said, they, you know, they run everything down here. And I said, well, can you get a meeting set up? And he goes, well, we're going to dinner tonight, right? I said, yeah. He said, oh, I'm going to have Ryan Roba Shows going to be there at dinner. And so – Ryan awesome. sat right beside me. We started talking about it, and he goes, listen, you know, of course, down there they call everybody Mr. Mark or Mr. Billy or Miss Michelle, you know, they – and so he's like, Mr. Mark, you know, I think Matoli would be great. You know, we'll handle all of it for you. You know, we'll do it. So we – you know, I was like, great. Well, let me just get it all cleared. You tell me, you know, you just handle everything. We don't have to do nothing. We'll collect these horses during the off season, so we're not to mess with it during breeding season. And yeah, 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 no, we'll do all of it. And so we get this thing all put together. We get it agreed upon. And just literally as it's shutting the door on it and you're done, Ryan goes, let me bring something up to you. He said, what about, I know we're doing Matoli, <laughs> but what if we did into mischief? And we're like, what? what? And he goes, well, why, why don't, you know, they're fast. You know, Gamine, I mean, uh, uh, Kofefi, you know, just out here. did. Yeah, they're did fast. And, you know, he, yeah, he goes, they're fast. He said, I think we ought to give them a selection, you know, either into mischief or Matoli. And so I know everybody thinks it's crazy, but anyway, we said, well, let's do it. So anyway, we, we collected those guys, you know, for several months there during the off season and, you know, got the semen frozen and there you go. You can breed the Matoli or breed the into mischief. Unbelievable. That's, it's so awesome. It's awesome. It's I know. Amazing. Michelle loves it. I think it's super cool. I love it because – there were a couple of thoroughbreds that, you know, did breed some quarter horse mares. Uh, Stormcat, namely, was a really great producer. Scat Daddy bred one or two. Um, but to have a horse with Into Mischief's prestige, I just think is very, very cool. And I thought it was awesome that you guys stepped outside the box that way. Well, I had a couple people, you know, in the thoroughbred business say that, you know, if he does the same thing that he's done in the thoroughbred business and the quarter horse business he'll change the breed because Amazing. there's yes. so much inbreeding and yeah. stuff in quarter horses that you know if he if he does if he passes on whatever that is he passes on to his thoroughbreds on the quarter horses you know there's going to be a lot of quarter horse people very happy mark toothaker mm -hmm. you have been an absolute joy we have taken up way more time than the allotted amount that we gave you we appreciate yeah, it greatly sorry, it so but let, but minutes. i want to ask i want to ask a question normally at this time we ask about 
uh, racing and, and kind of because a lot of our it's called the owner's box. It's about owners and ownership and getting into the game that way. I'd just like to know over all the years and now uh, being with Spendthrift, is there one thing that you've you've learned that 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 has made a difference in the way you do business? Well, I mean, I, I think the biggest thing with if, if referring to ownership is that, you know, the biggest thing with with owning these things is, is get with somebody you can trust. That's a great organization. Uh, just like you guys with little red feather, uh, just get with somebody, uh, that you, you have a great relationship, whether it's partnership or whether you're doing it on your own and you're doing it with a trainer, your trust in it, but get with someone that's going to look out for your best interest. And then, you know, the magic on these things is, is running them where they belong and, uh, whatever level that is, wherever they fit in the big scheme of things, uh, is just run your horses where they belong. And uh, it, it pays 60% when you're the winner. It pays a lot less when you're not. And uh, you have a lot more fun when you're winning, whatever level it is, than, than when you're not. So run them where they belong. That's a great, That's my great, great, yes. great point. Great yes. point. We great really advice. appreciate it. And best of luck. We'll see you at the Preakness. I will be there. I will be rooting for Keep Me In Mind. And he will definitely be on my tickets, Mark, just because of your confidence. I love it. Billy, right. look forward to seeing you as always. Michelle, thank you so much, and thank you for letting thank me join you, you all. Uh, continued success, bud. Thanks great. so much. Really appreciate it. Yes, sir. All right. Thank you. Mark Toothaker from Spendthrift Stallions. And, uh, Michelle, I mean, the stories were fantastic. I don't know what to tell you. You know what? I felt like just, like, in the mischief, I felt like it was overnight, and you didn't even think of it from, like, his aspect, and just think if you were down Louisiana and they brought you some miniature horse and you're like, eh, three grand or you know what I mean? Like yeah, $1.2 million. It's crazy. Later. It's right. crazy where they come from, right? Like well, where a good horse can come from. Yeah. And or we've already, how they and we've said it, Spendthrift has, yep, has done a great job. They've, they've taken on a lot of stallions and uh, Wayne Hughes is a revolutionary. What they've done with my racehorse. Um, you know, they've, they've gotten a lot of people into this game and into this sport. And mm-hmm. obviously we wish them all the success with keep me in mind in the Preakness Saturday, Michelle, great show. Can I just say, Billy, I mean, it started off the, on like kind of a, kind of a bad note. Cause I went into the whole backer <laughs> thing and now I'm, you did. I, the, yeah, can I it. tell you something? Can I just say looking at the website real quick though, looking at the website yeah. and all the stallions, I can't stop looking at golden sense. His eye He's on so there handsome. is like yeah. this like rich chocolatey gold. He's got his look is wow. Yeah. I'm just like in awe looking at him on the Travis picture. White, and I was around Golden Sense. Travis White from Taylor Made Stallion is not gonna be happy with this show and he's one of our sponsors. Oh sorry, I know. Gosh darn it. <laughs> I love Travis White though. Of course he is. We, we love you, Travis. We love you, Travis. Um You know, I'm you gonna know, go look can at I tell you something though? Time right now. Can I tell you something? Real quick, I did like a ton of research this week to on the Baffert stuff. Okay. And I just didn't say anything of it uh, on it. And I just, I mean, I guess I did, but like I had so much more to say and I just didn't say anything. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I feel like such a loser and you can't even talk about it. So we're going to leave it. Everybody enjoy the Preakness this weekend. You can uh, follow along with the show at Own a Horse. At uh, the at the Michelle U at BKLRF, um, uh, we're so happy to be part of the In the Money Media Network. There's great shows on there. Um, 
everybody from Nick Luck to Acacia Courtney to obviously uh, Pete and JT, uh, JK, JT, Justin Timberlake. JK. Um, and and it's, it's really nice to have a family involved, and we appreciate everybody who's listening to the show. So keep it up, and we will uh, have a Preakness review next week. We'll try to get another great guest. And thank you to Mark Toothaker for coming on and sharing all those great stories. Michelle, I miss you, and I will, I will be back in Los Angeles uh next week not this week but next awesome. week so i'll be at the races in a couple of weekends and i'll come make sure i can Good. See we'll you. see you soon all right guys thanks for listening